Robinson, who's in the slot. Look in that direction on a slam. Huge hit. Ball picked off. The Volunteers on the carom make an interception. Jawan Mitchell. They call him Juju. The discrepancy. Schuster, they were going to take a shot, but he's hit by Nelson. And Nebraska has picked up the football. Their first takeaway of the game. Wells, way down the field. It is into coverage. It is intercepted. It is over. Lamarian James has sealed the victory for Old Dominion. Welcome back to Diddy IDP Ground. I'm Hollywood Titan. I'm joined by my co-host Justice. What's going on, man? Not much. Just getting ready for college football. Yeah, we're down to uh, a well, week, a little more than a week weeks from today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> week week zero. Uh, week zero <laughs> starts. Uh, well, we a week a little over a week, right? From from this yeah, coming. We don't have a week from this Saturday. Yeah, we don't have long at all. Um, so that's gonna be fun. Can't wait to uh, to get that going. We've already got NFL going a little bit preseason, so. Um, I feel like the NFL, I know to get off track here, but I feel like it's kind of rushed a little bit since they've cut a preseason game out, right? So it kind of feels like everything's kind of compacted itself a little bit. So I'm curious to see how everything plays up in the NFL this year, you know, as far as cut downs and stuff. Because I think that stuff, these teams are not going to have that extra week. So they're going to kind of be rushed in their evaluations a little bit, maybe. But Well, they didn't have it last year either, right? Right. Um, I don't know. I, I really haven't. The only preseason game I've watched was the Hall of – I watched some of the Hall of Fame game. That's literally the only one I've watched. Yeah, I've got uh, Cleveland and Philly on now. So, it's a barn burner, 8-3. to three. <laughs> <laughs> And they Cleveland's a, winning. <laughs> do, they get, do they go for a two-point conversion or they get a safety or – I do know. I was busy running around before the show, and when I turned it on, it was three to two Philadelphia. So I'm assuming they got a safety oh, somewhere. Safety, yeah, yeah. So I don't know who or how, but yeah, it was a three to two, and they've since added. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was a touchdown, but I don't know that. I just got it on. I've been trying to get ready, but anyway, enough about the NFL. We can catch up on that later. Um, <clears throat> It's been a couple of weeks because you were out of town, and then I had some stuff with work. Um, and, you know, I was hoping by this point of the season we'd be done or at least really limited on this realignment stuff, right? Yeah. But I swear, I think it's picking up more and more and more now. Um, yeah. You know, we'll get into it here, the Pac-12, the fall of it. Um, Pack four now. Colorado moved to the Big 12, right? In 24. So next year they're going over there. And then you had 
quickly after you had three more teams, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. They all followed Colorado to the Big 12. And Oregon, Washington, they were already off. Now they're off to the Big 10 to join USC and UCLA, which basically leaves four teams in the Pac-12. Um, yeah, Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, and Cal. Yeah, and Stanford and Cal are probably the big two. I know Stanford probably is with their academics and everything. But uh, going on into this, you know, Condoleezza Rice and George W. Bush went to the ACC on behalf of Stanford and SMU. Um, this is just a mess, I think. I just, well, the, the whole problem is, and, and I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I've heard other people mention this, but I think w- what should have happened is these conferences – they, they should have, like, done some football-only stuff, right? So that, you know, because for the life of me, it doesn't make sense that a USC soccer team has to fly to, you know, Pennsylvania to play Penn State in a soccer match, right? That's just, like, I don't know. Like, it's almost like they should like there should have been conferences with everything but football and then other conferences where it's just football. Because I agree, it just doesn't make sense. Like football's a once a week thing, right? And it, I don't know, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me for these what I would call non-revenue sports traveling across the country on a routine basis. Yeah, and I think that's the correct way to look at it. How you're saying, right? Do it football only. And then have all these other sports do their own conference that way. But if you think about it, what does every what does everything in this world revolve around? Money. Well, it's all about money. So but I mean, the football is the driver. That the football is the driver of that money, right? I mean, basketball. Yeah, and I think sure, these conferences. Football do is that, by far the driver. Yeah, and I think if you do conferences based on football, these conferences feel like, well, that's our money maker. We're going to lose on these other sports so bad if we don't. It's either got to be an all or nothing. You know what I mean? You got to take. Yeah, but I mean, your basketball and baseball just, and all that shit's got to go with your football. Maybe I'm looking at it different, but I just kind of think that's how it. <laughs> yeah, but they got to spend the money to send that soccer team to out to uh, State College, PA. You know, I mean, true. And I don't think we've seen the last of this by any means. Um, you know, we've talked about SMU jumping around for all off-season, seems like. And, you know, there was rumors that several schools had filed paperwork to join the Pac-12. Colorado State, San Diego State, SMU, UNLV, Tulane, South Florida, Memphis, Boise State, Fresno State, Tulsa, and Rice. So, I almost thought of it this way. Why wouldn't you do, let's take the Big 12 for instance, maybe. Why wouldn't they just join the eight or the Pac-12 or Pac whatever it is and do name your conference, whatever you, uh, name it the, the West, whatever, I don't know, whatever you want to call the conference. But then have 
Oh, West, whatever East. the name of that conference is, and have the Pac-12 division and have the Big 12 division, right? So right. you're still keeping your conference names, but you're under one umbrella of a bigger name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know why some of these teams wouldn't want to join the Pac-12. Because right now they have. Well, not now. I think the Pac-12, what leverage does the Pac-12 have over anybody? They ain't got no leverage over anybody. Well, don't they still have, and you might correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know everything about this, but do they not still have one of the automatic bids to the 12, right? Like their I mean, conference I, champions still hold that ticket? I assume they do, but. So if I'm a, if I'm a lower a group of six team or, you know, conference. But they got no TV deal. Not... True. I just think you would ju- want to join the Pac-12 to get that automatic bid. I think well, that my would guess be. Is that, uh, my guess is maybe that works for like a year. And then at some point, the powers that be say, hey, uh, these, these guys aren't power five. They're not getting an automatic bid no more. True. See, that was my question. I didn't know exactly how long that. I don't, I don't know either. I'm just guessing, right? At some point, they're going to say, nah, this ain't working. <laughs> and let's face it, the Pac-12 screwed themselves, right? Back when Absolutely. all this first started and they didn't want to do this and they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to sign a TV deal. They, want, they kept trying to get more and more money. And then finally, you know, everyone was like, well, screw this. I'm out. We don't even have a deal anymore because no one wants, right, no one wants us. ESPN said, yeah. "Screw you." You know, I, I think <laughs> I, I think Apple offered or offered them something, but to get the money, they had to have thirty million subscribers. Well, Apple TV only has thirty million total subscribers. So, what are the chances that all thirty million or, or whatever the number was? I don't remember off the top of my head, but all, all every single Apple subscriber is going to opt it, opt for that package. It ain't going to happen. Now, I heard this on the radio because they had brought in. I forget who it was. Um, been a couple of weeks ago uh, or one day last week and they were talking about this and they said you know basically what we're saying too right the Pac-12 shot themselves in the foot and now they're bleeding to death I guess Apple had offered them whatever it was they offered them 30 million I guess and the Pac-12 instead of saying okay, we think we're worth a little more, which there's nothing wrong with that, right? Give us 40, you've got a deal. And I don't know the exact number. That was ESPN. That was ESPN. Okay, ESPN. So I guess from what I heard, see you later. They basically went back to ESPN and said, well, we want double that. We want like 50 or 60 million. I think ESPN, whatever the number was. ESPN offered them 30 and then they asked for 50 and, e- and, and ESPN said, yeah, see And they you said, later. screw you, we're out. And then now here you are. So, yeah. So, not only would, did they shoot themselves in the foot, they got greedy and it just made it even worse. So, now they're – I hate well, it. Right. One of these like, things. You know, they, 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 they got left with pretty much nothing. And if I'm Stanford, just, just my personal thought, if I'm Stanford, I just say, screw this mess. And go independent and join Notre Dame because you already play Notre Dame. You, you kind of play some of the similar teams. If you're independent, you can kind of pick and choose who you want to play anyway, right? So I don't. 
I don't know if I was them. If I couldn't land in a conference somewhere, I don't know that I just wouldn't say, okay, the Pac-12 is not going to make it. Nobody wants us. We're just going to go independent and do our own thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, the rumors are that Stanford and Kyle are trying to get to the ACC, and that just doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what they – I mean, I just I, that just seems like a stupid idea to me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just I don't understand that either. But it's, it's such a freaking mess. I mean, the, the thing the thing that makes the most sense is those four schools join up with the Mountain West and be done with it. Yeah, which but kind of sex Stanford and Cal doesn't does want to do know, that because right. of the academics. Well, right. Go like you said. Yeah, I get it. But either I think the options to me is should either be join up with Mountain West or go independent. That's kind of like your choice. Yeah, I think that's your. I think that's your best bet. I don't and maybe know, Stanford I don't could do it. Any other Stanford way out of it. May, maybe could. Maybe I don't know, but I don't see California being able to do it. No, I think Stanford would kind of be like BYU, be able to self-sustain and be okay. I don't think they would get rich at it, but. They would at least be able to to hold their own and, and do whatever. So, um, so so yeah, we're a week and a half basically till the start of the season, and we've got more realignment stuff than ever. And uh, I think that you're going to see even more of this. I mean, it may die it may die down here a little bit once the season starts because. Clearly, you're not going to move during the season, but yeah. I can. As soon as the season's over, I can see this picking right back up real quick and being even worse next year. I mean, they're not. I mean, clearly, they're not going to move in the season, but they wouldn't be afraid to announce it in the season. I mean, when ODU, Marshall, Southern Miss, and um, JMU joined the Sun Belt, that was that was made like I feel like that was made in season, but maybe I'm wrong. At least like in during bowl season, anyway. Yeah, maybe it was. I'll have to go back and look. I'm not exactly um, 100% sure when that happened. But, yeah, I definitely have to go back and look at it. Um, Enough talk on that. (laughs) Seems like that's all we've talked about. Um, So, Troy defensive end TJ Jackson has been suspended indefinitely. Um, He was a a key piece on their defensive line. Yeah, so um, I don't know that he was rostered in any of our leagues, but from a you know just a football perspective, it's it, it has a big impact on Troy. Yeah, for sure, a huge impact for them. Um, LSU is supposedly, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. LSU is supposedly going to start doing football injury reports like the NFL does, so they're basically going to do a full go questionable um, doubtful out. I don't think there's quite as bad as the NFL where it kind of hangs around there even with the, the injury tags but <clears throat> be interesting for us as fancy managers I think that would be great right because it's so hard to find if a player's out or you know, if he's dinged up, you're just basically screwed because you never know. Because these coaches, they don't say, "Well, 
he's doubtful or, you know, it's, well, we'll wait and see. And you're sitting here trying to set a lineup and you don't know until kickoff. Well, it's too late to change anything then. So I think from a fantasy perspective, it'd be pretty neat. I mean, yeah, from a, from, from a fantasy perspective, it'd be awesome if they all did it. Um, but I think what's, I think this eventually will happen everywhere. But I think what's driving it is gambling, right? You know, gambling becoming legal pretty much everywhere. And so I think that's that's is what that's the driver behind them doing this. And so here again, you know, I, the big let's say the might as well say the big four conferences, you know, at some point I, I feel they're gonna kind of be their own division, right? And then everyone else is it's gonna be back to like the the uh Division one and Division one double A days, you know what I mean, or something like that. Um, and and that and that larger division, the Power Four, or whatever it ends up being, they're going to end up doing NFL injury reports. That's kind of what I would predict will happen. Yeah, and, Which, and like I said, that's good for us, right? Because you know, at least you're... that helps grow college fantasy football too, right? Because now you're going from a hundred and 33 teams, I don't know, 60 teams, for instance. So it's a little bit more manageable. Yep, I agree. Um, I was just curious your thought on that. I thought that was interesting. That that That's a great idea. I wish all teams would do it. <laughs> yeah, but. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen unless that? they're required to do it. I mean, it, for all That's teams, my whole point. Right? If they're not That's required to do point. it, the co- a lot of coaches just aren't going to do it. All right, that was my whole point is, you know how crazy these coaches can get. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless they're – unless some kind of governing body or or commissioner says, hey, we have to do this, you, you're not going to get everybody on board, I don't think. Uh, and I'm, my apologies because here we are on August the 17th and I have some idiot neighbors up the road that are shooting fireworks, so I apologize if y'all can – I can't hear the, it. So. Uh, and it, it's not any worse than good. my phone going off. So <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Um, and then our last piece of news is Georgia defensive lineman Tyrion Ingram Dawkins got a speeding ticket. What? A Georgia player get a speeding ticket? I've never heard of such stuff. And then a warrant was issued for failing to appear for a previous citation. We've talked about this. I don't know. What the hell is going on in Georgia, right down there in Athens? And I guess when you're winning back-to-back national championships, nobody cares or wants to change anything because it covers it up. But, man, it's just like every other day somebody's getting a speeding ticket down there. And it ain't just your normal 5, 10 miles an hour over, right? You're rushing to work and you get caught speeding. This is just straight-out speeding, just reckless. So, ugh. Yep, not good. And not they good. fired they fired the lady that was in the wreck that survived. Yeah. So they fired her and she sued them. So this is gonna get ugly messy, <laughs> I think, from a legal standpoint. But um on the field, I think as long as Georgia's winning, you're not gonna hear probably too much about it other than just a vague discussion about it, but Um, 
before we get to our main event, we want to thank Trophy Smack. Uh, they sponsor uh, our listener leagues with rings. Um, we've showed you many times on the show, high-quality stuff, um, nice made, looks good, feels good, um, and they've got everything. Plaques, trophies, belts, rings, um, you name it, they've got it. They've even got a little thing where you can mount on your wall to hang your belt up so you can display it. They've got stuff for losers now, so go check that out. Um, and it isn't just football. They've got stuff for everything. Baseball, basketball, football, hockey, you know, you name it. They can uh, fix you up something nice um, for whatever you need. So check them out. <laughs> we want to thank MyFancyLeague.com because they sponsor our listener leagues on the NFL side. Um, fully customizable. We've talked about it, Justin. It's our favorite platform to use. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it. Um, but once you use it a few times, it's really not that bad. I mean, it's just no. kind of go like anything else, kind of jumping in there learning, right? So, um, but they've been nice enough over the last few years to help us uh, cover the cost of the leagues. So we thank them for that and allows us to uh, have these listener leagues, you know, allow us to have those for free where people can learn and enjoy and have fun. So we thank them. And then we want to thank Action 24-7. Uh, they're a sponsor of ours as well. Locally owned gambling site for Tennesseans, by Tennesseans. Um, got all the odds just like the big boys, right? Um, and you can literally bet on anything uh, from the big four sports, you know, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, racing, uh, all the way down to ping pong, darts, um, Formula One, you name it, Triple A baseball, you name it. There, there's something on there for everyone. So go check them out. Use our promo code Hollywood100 uh, when you make your deposit, and they'll match you up to 400. So you got that going for you. And um, head over to our YouTube page, right? Click, rate, subscribe, and review there. Help us grow. You know all those. Uh, Help us get to a bigger audience and grow our brand. Um, we're continuing with our um, conference. One thing real oh, quick before we get there, talking about league. So I think our last episode, I had mentioned something about um, checking out NFL on fan tracks. So I did that. I kind of created, created a league um, just to see like what options are available. And absolutely they have, you can do position specific NFL league. So, D-tackle, cornerback, D-ends, um, you know, linebackers, et cetera. And you can have position-specific scoring for those positions. So, oh wow, you know, if, 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 if you, know, you don't necessarily want all the customization MFL offers and you're looking for an option that is cheaper, which I think is why a lot of people gravitate towards Sleeper because it's, it's free. Mm -hmm. Well, Fantrax, it's kind of in the middle, right? So it gives you an option that's more customization from an IDP standpoint, but it's also free. So I would encourage folks that are looking for that uh, to use fan tracks as well. Yep. And they do our, they host, they're our host for the college side of our uh, listener league here. So yeah, go definitely go check them out. I forgot that you had mentioned that last week. So good stuff. Um, so we are on the Big 12. Um, we'll probably run through these quite a, quite quickly, but uh, you never know. Um, 
I'm not as familiar with some of the Big 12, so I don't have a lot of the names. And then they had a lot of turnover this year in the Big 12. So trying to figure out, you know, as with any team, unless you're kind of plugged in, trying to figure out who's going to be those next guys up is kind of hard to figure out. But uh, we do have a few here. So um, we'll start off uh, with BYU. You have um, linebacker Ben Bywater and tight end. Defensive end, Tyler Batty. So, Bywater is definitely, I feel like he's probably rostered. He's rostered, I think, in all our leagues. Um, he had almost 100 total tackles last year. Uh, he ended up with 98 for the year. One sack, uh, one, two pass defenses, um, three interceptions, one of which he returned for a 76-yard touchdown. Um, so, definitely someone that if he's not rostered um, in, your, in your leagues that you should be looking at. Uh, I, I can't really speak to his NFL ability, but um, for CFF purposes, he, he's he's a he's definitely a linebacker that should be rostered in leagues where you're you know you're scoring the CFF IDP. Uh, Beatty, he's probably there. He's the, he's their top defensive lineman. He had 52 total tackles last year, which is great for defensive end. Um, he didn't have very many sacks though. He only had two sacks. So, but you know. The 52 tackles, that's that's nothing to sneeze at from a defensive end. It's like it, the, the golden goose is kind of like the 52 tackles and the eight sacks, right? And, and those guys, those <laughs> guys aren't those guys aren't plentiful. You either it's, it seems like a lot of times you get the guy that has like 25, 30 tackles and eight sacks, or the guy that has, in Beatty's case, 52 tackles and two sacks, you know. Um Personally, like I think I'd rather have a unless you're in some kind of crazy scoring big play league, I'd rather have the high tackle guy because that's just more consistent. You know, some of these this the sack like you know the guy has eight sacks. Well, three of those might have came in one game and two in another game. You know what I'm saying? So, and then he got you no production the rest of the year. So that's that's very unpredictable. I'd rather have the the consistency of tackles. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and I feel like Ben Bywater's been there forever, right? Yeah, and then they lost uh, they lost the other linebacker to uh, to Tennessee, Peely. So that's I feel like that's good news for Bywater. Yeah, and and it's pretty good news for Peely too, right? Because he's stepped into a starting role with Tennessee, which we already kind of talked about. But now that fall camps have opened, and we're like we said, we're just a couple weeks away from the start of the season, lots of good things have been said about Peely, uh, you know, him being so mature, having some experience, and that's somebody they needed, right, because they lost Jeremy Banks. They only really have Aaron Beasley. So to to have that kind of mature, experienced leader to step in there while the young guys learn is, uh, is pretty nice. Um, Baylor, we have one name. <laughs> Gabe Hall, defensive end. Yeah, and I mean he's he has gotten some NFL draft buzz. Uh, he ended up last season with 36 total tackles, four and a half sacks, four pass defenses, and and a fumble recovery as well as a, a fumble return for a touchdown. So, um, yeah, I mean I feel like he's probably a fringe player whether he's rostered in our leagues or not. Um, so if you if you need some D line help, he's definitely someone to look at. And like I said, I, I think he does. He does have some NFL potential. 
He's listed at 6'6", 296. So while he is a defensive end um, in college, you know, it, he probably projects more as a D tackle at, uh, at, you know, in the NFL, given, given his weight, 300 pounds. So, but, you know, so if you're in a D tackle league at the, on the NFL side, maybe you want to look at him. Yep, absolutely. He's definitely going to kick in some with that, uh, kick inside some with his size. Um, Cincinnati Bearcats is next. We have linebacker Deshaun Pace. And yes, his brother is Ivan Pace, who is kind of a hot name in the NFL side among rookies. And we have defensive tackle Dante Corleone. Um, Pace, you know, don't I wouldn't necessarily confuse him with his brother. Um, I think no. you know he, he he's not going to play the same position as his brother. I think he's more of a hybrid kind of guy, you know that that's probably fits the modern day NFL better, right? You know, um, from a you know a linebacker perspective where he has that coverage ability. Um, last season, Deshaun had sixty-two total tackles, one sack, one pass defense, an interception. And he returned that interception for an 18-yard touchdown and one fumble recovery. Um, so, you know, I, I, Pace is, you know, definitely someone I like. I would look at, but I, you cannot look at him and expect that he's going to do what his brother did as far as tackles go. That's just their games are just very different. Um, right, and he's he's a little undersized, six two two twelve. Yeah, like I said, he's he's kind of like a he's a hybrid. I feel like he's a hybrid safety linebacker. Yeah, they've got him listed as as far as position on their on the team website as a star. So that kind of think fits is that kind exactly of like what you're saying. Hybrid. Yeah, and um, and I'm with you. I don't think he's going to be anywhere near what his brother was. Now, if you go back to 2021, his best season, right? He had 95 tackles, um, nine and a half for a loss. Four interceptions and six pass deflections. Uh, it seemed to come back down to earth a little bit last year, but well, his brother was um, logging all the tackles in there in the middle as the middle linebacker. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right. Um, as far as Corleone, um, now he's de- Corleone's definitely getting NFL attention for sure. Yes, yes. I mean, he had. And 40- every time I say Corleone, I can't. Not think of some kind Don of Corleone. sound in my, in my head. <laughs> yeah, 44 tackles, three sacks last year. Um, he, he's, he's a big kid too. He's 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 definitely he's a, he's a defensive tackle at the next level. Um, and I'm pretty sure he played defensive tackle for Cincinnati as well. He's 6'2, 318. Yeah, he's so. 6'2, 318. So he, he's going to be in the middle, but he's definitely you know getting NFL t- getting talked about you know for the NFL draft. So Again, if you're in a D-tackle required league, he's definitely someone that should be rostered, I feel like. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Which is weird because this is will just be his second year. Um, he redshirted in 21, uh, played as a freshman, so this is going to be his redshirt sophomore year, so – a little young, I guess, as far as experience goes, but that tells you a lot that he's on the NFL's radar with that. Yeah, because he's already he's, he's he so he he technically can leave after this year. 
Exactly. Because he redshirted um, one year. Yeah. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. He's a big dude. 6'2, 318. Um, we will move on to the Houston Cougars. And we have um, safety AJ Halsey, Halsey, and defensive end David Ugawubu. Um, so Halsey is a transfer, right? He came over from is it New Mexico? Um, he kind of it was either New Mexico or New Mexico State, one of those two. I want to say it was New Mexico. Um, it is. I was wrong. I was thinking of somebody else. And he kind of you know he was a true freshman last year, you know freshman All American. Um, I want to say he ended up with like 80 some tackles, but he had a game where he had like tw- in the tackles number like 24 tackles or something, right? That was kind of like his big game. Yes, he had 24 against Fresno State, and take it for what it's worth, they credit him with 17 assisted, but still, um, he had an interception, a pass deflection, uh, half of a TFL in that game, but. He had a lot of other games, right? He had uh, nine against Air Force, nine against UNLV, ten against LSU. Um, so he does have some experience against some bigger teams. Did he end up with, um, in the 80s? 87 I think, for tackles the last year. 87, yeah. So, I mean, the other the thing, too, is uh, the, the, I guess if I had to have a concern about him, right, New Mexico wasn't very good. So the defense was on the field a lot. You know, that's not going to be the case in Houston, right? They've got a more than capable offense. So I don't know that he's – number one, I don't know that he's going to have as many opportunities as he did last year, right? And number two, he's surrounded wow. by – he has a lot more talent around him, right? And so um, I know he's a hot name, like, and people added him last year. I, I, I don't know that he even gets the tackle numbers he got last year just because of, you know, those two factors. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, we have David Ugawagbu. I hope I'm saying that right. He's another um, transfer from Oklahoma. Yep. You know they uh, they lost Houston lost the Anthony Jones to the Bay. I think I think it was an undrafted free agent, but he's on the Bears roster, so you know he can slot in in, in that defensive end edge kind of role for them. Um, and, and he was you know he was pretty productive for Oklahoma, and so. You know, again, he's someone I feel like should be rostered in C2C leagues and, you know, has some NFL potential as well. Yeah, so 51 games for Oklahoma, uh, 212 tackles, uh, 16 for a loss, four sacks. So doesn't have a whole lot of pass rush, and maybe that's just how they used him. Um, I would like to see that come up. But he's 6'4", 250, so he has the size, right? He has the length and some yep. of the size you like to see. So maybe Houston can kind of maximize him a little more uh, as a pass rusher. Um, up next is Iowa State with <laughs> cornerback TJ Tampa. What a name. Yeah, I mean – it. <laughs> he's just someone that, that gets accolades. You know, he's he's a you know perennial all Big Twelve team kind of player. Um he's a cornerback, had 39 tackles, nine pass defenses, and an interception. So 
again, if you're in a cornerback acquired league, he's someone that, you know, you might have some interest in. Um, outside of that, you know, the, the one thing I will say is um, they lost they lost their two big pass rushers, MJ Anderson and Will McDonald, right? So, um, mm-hmm. and I think McDonald was McDonald was drafted in the first round, and then Anderson was a UDFA for somebody, Seahawks maybe. Um, so, so someone's got to step. Yeah. Someone's got to step into that role. That's eight and a half sacks between the two of them. Who that's going to be, I don't know. Um, I don't expect Iowa State to be that great this year. Um, if you haven't heard, you know their their starting quarterback is pretty much done for the year. Their starting running back is pretty much done for the year. Um, and I'm sure there's some more other players are going to come out too with the gambling scandal. And so I don't expect them to be that great. And but that that could be good for someone on the defense, right? A lot more opportunity to be on the field. It's more opportunities for tackles. So. This is really a team I think that you might want to just kind of pay attention to those first couple of weeks and, and look at the box scores. Yep, I agree. Um, I told you we'd fly through some of these. <laughs> uh, we're on to Kansas. Um, we have two here listed, safety Kenny Logan Jr. and cornerback Kobe Bryant. Um, I think Kenny Logan is probably definitely the one you want, right? Six foot I think, well, from a, yeah, um, from a production perspective, but Durant, I think, is probably the one with the the better NFL potential. But he's a cornerback, so right. Um, Logan's not too bad, right? I mean, uh, no, I mean he has a shot at the NFL. But he's not getting a lot of buzz or tackles, or anything. So right, so he, you know, Logan's had back to back seasons of hundred plus tackles, uh, seventy plus solos. Um, and seven plus seven plus PBU, so uh, pretty active, right? Has five career interceptions. So I think from a fantasy stand, standpoint, he's definitely one you want, especially with that high volume of tackles. So uh, and the solo rate. So yeah. um, he's somebody I'm definitely targeted targeting if I can talk um, in my fantasy leagues. Um, and like I said, he's got a solo rate of 68.9 the past two seasons, which is a little less than you would like. I you generally want to be 70 or higher, so he's just under that threshold a little bit. But with all the big plays, I think he's kind of the guy you want. And I don't think they have a whole lot defensively. So I can see him either. No, they lost Lonnie Bell to lost the pass, pass rusher. <clears throat> yeah, so I think – for him to get 100 tackles again is pretty easy. I think it's setting him up fairly well. Yep. <clears throat> uh, did you have anything on Kobe Bryant? No, I mean, he had 37 tackles last season. Um, nine pass defenses, three interceptions, and he returned one of those for an 86-yard touchdown and one fumble recovery. So, you know, from a cornerback perspective, those are, those are you know, decent numbers. And like I said, he is – he is someone I think that uh, will be drafted by the NFL. Um, but again, you know, you, you kind of need to be in a cornerback acquired league to look at somebody like him. You're not you're not drafting him in a in a generic defensive back league. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, moving on to Kansas State now, we have three here. Um, 
one of these guys I, I really love. Uh, I've tried to grab him up in all of my IDP campus camp leagues. Um, we have linebacker Daniel Green, safety VJ Payne, and safety Kobe Savage. Um, Green is not a bad player for them. Um, I thought maybe he might try to turn pro. I mean, he didn't. He didn't wow you with the tackle numbers last year, but um, maybe he increased. Maybe, maybe those go up this year. I don't know. He had uh, fifty-eight total tackles last year. Yeah, I'm not sure what his fall-off was because the year before he had eighty-nine. Eighty-nine was sixty-nine yeah. solo. So, um, I don't know if it's because they was a little better defensively because that's a seventy-seven and a half solo rate, which is awesome. I mean. If that you know, if your league scores solos with more points than most leagues do, right? That's that's yep. huge. So um, he had the six. It looks like they used him more of a as an edge rusher a little bit. Um, he had sixteen TFLs and three sacks that year, and then like I said last year, he he fell off quite a bit. He only had three and a half TFLs, two sacks. So uh, it looks like he was a little more active. In coverage, he had two interceptions, four PBUs. So um, maybe if he can kind of split that and get back in the middle of those two seasons, I think that would make him a viable um, fantasy option. And then the one I was talking about is DJ Payne. I just – I love everything about this kid's game. Um, I had seen some flashes of him, you know, highlights or whatever. He kind of came on at the end of the I year. I talked about it on the show. Yeah, and I've talked about this on here before. If you go back and watch the bowl game against Alabama, man, if it wasn't for him, they probably get just slaughtered in that game. Um, and it was rough enough as it was, right? But uh, yeah, I just think he's and he's a sophomore. He's a true sophomore, so you're going to have another year. Six three, two hundred pounds, um, twenty two tackles in his last three games. He only had twenty seven for the year. So he really, really came on at the end there. Uh, yeah, and he had um, <clears throat> in the Sugar Bowl of all things against Bama, he had ten tackles, yeah. um, which he also got his first sack. So um, I think that just the way he played in that game, um, it didn't seem like the game was too big for him. And honestly, it made me question why he didn't start more for them and play more, right? Because if you're that talented against a team that good, what's the reason that you weren't on the field, you know, and, and starting I, and every I, play? Don't they use him like kind of in a hybrid role too, right? I mean, they play like yeah. three safeties, Yeah, they right? kind of move him. Yeah, they kind of move him all around. So, um, I think this is – maybe if, if we wanted – I don't know how you want to – categorize this maybe like a like a, tr- a breakout season I think he's for me I think he would be one that I would put in there because I think after yeah. after that bowl game I think they're they're going to turn him loose this year so if he's out there in your leagues you need a safety or a DB uh, go check him out so uh, I think you definitely unless you're in league with Hollywood, uh, you're going to have two more years <laughs> um and then our other one is Kobe Savage. He's the other safety for uh, for the Wildcats. 
Yeah, 53 total tackle, 58 total tackles last year. Uh, three interceptions uh, and a forced fumble. You know, nothing, nothing uh, too exciting there. Um, but he has gotten some uh, all-conference mention, so felt like he was probably at least worth mentioning here. Yeah, and he's on a lot of uh, of the um, the watch list this year. You know, on the Chuck Benarik, the the Bronco Nagurski, the Jim Thorpe. So, you know, he's on the watch watch list early. Uh, so that bodes well for him. Um, and he's another one, right? He's a senior, so uh, he come over. You know, he's kind of bounced around a little bit, community college and at Texas A and M Commerce and all that. So. Um, I think him and Payne are in for good seasons, but if I'm picking one, I'm definitely taking Payne, I think, uh, in my opinion. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma. So this might take us a minute or two here because um, they've got a few good players here. So I'm going to run through them, and then we'll go back and, and talk about them. So they've got defensive end Rondale. Uh, Boythroyd, who transferred from Wake Forest, I believe, uh, the defensive end. Then you have outside linebacker Dason uh, McCullough. You have safeties Billy Bowman and Peyton Bowen. Uh, and then you have linebacker Danny Stutzman. Uh, we can go down the list if you want to. I was like, you want to just start with Stutzman? He's the he's kind of the stud here, I think. Um... Shout out yeah, to Brock because Brock's kind of the one that that uh, was touting him last yep. year on our preview series. Um, so if you listen, then and you got Stutzman. Good on you. If you were in a league with Brock, though, you didn't get Stutzman because Brock got him everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, Stutzman had had a breakout last year. 124 total tackles, three sacks, five pass defenses, two interceptions. Um, great season from a from a CFF perspective. So I don't see any right, reason and, why he, he can't repeat that. Yeah, and like, like you said, 125 tackles, 10 and a half for loss, three sacks, two picks, uh, five PBUs. But where I'm going with this is he's 6'4", 241, right? And he's a junior, so he's got two more years. This year next, if he decides to stay. But 6'4", 241 is kind of – and I'm not saying he's this player, and I don't think he is. I'm just saying it's similar. Jack Campbell-esque, right? Big, tall, long player that can kind of do a little bit of everything. So, you know, another big season out of him this year, I think will bode well for his NFL spot. He's probably gone, you're right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not – nowadays you don't see kids pull a Gerard verse and come back, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they – That's not normal. (laughs) That just that's, doesn't that's, happen. That is not but, the uh, norm for sure. <laughs> right. Um, so we'll just go in reverse order here since you started with uh, Stutzman. Uh, Peyton Bowen. Gosh, I can't talk about it. True freshman. Um, I, uh, I recently talked about him and some other freshmen on the Future Freshman con- Podcast with Brandon Sanders. But um, – the best way I can describe him is like Caleb Downs light. And that's not a knock on Bowen, but they, they play very similar. He's just not quite the talent Caleb Downs is, in my opinion. You know, they, they both kind of, you know, they're, they're, they both 
to me are more finesse type players. Um, they're not, I'm not saying they're not physical, but I don't, I didn't think they were super physical. Um, but both very electric with the ball in their hands. Um, you know, Bowen wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if he, you know, if he's back there returning kicks or punts for Oklahoma at some point. Um, so, you know, he, he's one of the top freshmen. He's probably the, you know, from a freshman perspective, he's probably the second or third safety coming off the board after downs, you know, in drafts. So definitely, uh, yeah, definitely most, someone to look at and see the C leagues. Yeah. Most sites have him as the number two or three, uh, safety, um, a top 60 prospect, um, in his defense, right? Not many people are <laughs> Caleb Downs, right? No, absolutely think, not. And like I said, I it wasn't a slide on Bowen, but you know that, that was the best. Way. Right? Their, their, their games were very similar to me. Yes, they are. Um, you know, he was uh, had over two hundred tackles uh, through his from his sophomore to senior year with twelve interceptions and twenty three pass breakups. So, an electrifying player, right? Especially. Back in coverage, he's a ball hawk. Uh, hopefully that will translate over to Oklahoma, and they kind of need that, right? Uh, I don't know that Oklahoma's had that true playmaker ball hawk in the very back end of their secondary for, for some time. So to get a kid like this, I think it's definitely uh, going to help them. Um, and, yeah, I'm with you. If, you. if you can get him in some of your auctions or, or drafts, you know, where you can recruit uh, or where you can pick up these incoming freshmen. He's definitely high above the list. If you can't get downs and, um, oh, help me, the other guy. Um, my mind went blank. But if, if you can't get one of those two, I think Bowen is definitely the guy that you want to go after. Um, Billy Bowman. He's, you know, starting safety for them. He, he did get some NFL draft buzz. He had uh, 37 solos, 24 assists for a total of 61 tackles last year, five pass defenses, three interceptions, a uh, forced fumble, as well as a fumble recovery. Um, you know, decent numbers out of a safety. Um, from a CFF perspective, I know, you, you, you know, you'd probably like to see closer to like 75 plus tackles. But, you know, in a C2C league, um, he's definitely, I feel like he should be rostered because I feel like, he probably will be drafted next year. Um, and so, you know, he kind of gives you some decent production, plus he gives you that NFL potential. Yeah, I think the one knock on him is his size, right? He's 5'10", 194. So he's just a little bit less sure. than what you like. You would like him to be closer to six foot, 200. But. but, I mean, those guys get drafted. Uh, the kid from Georgia, right, that uh, just got drafted by the Raiders. Uh, God, what's his name? Safety. Oh, uh, <laughs> I want to say Chris Smith. Yeah, I think that's right. That's right. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he, right. Yeah. he's he's on the shorter side too. So just because he's short, not necessarily a de- yeah. you know, uh, you know, a, a nail in the coffin, so to speak. But um, yeah, right. And I, honestly, I like it that these kids that are kind of—I I keep saying kids—these young men that are a little bit smaller. I kind of like it. Well, we just saw like the they, short, one of the shortest linebackers ever get in the Hall of Fame, right? Was Zach Thomas? So, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And I think the more players like that, that size, that are productive, 
and our playmakers and stand out, I think it only helps other ones, right? It, it shows you that there's, you know, they're kind of breaking down barriers or walls, whatever you want to call it. Because uh, I think a lot of times if you're not 6'3", 6'4", 210 and can run like a gazelle, you get overlooked, right? And, and sometimes you got to look at what the player has inside, you know, effort and skill um, goes along with it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. My throat's tickled here. So sorry. Desan McCullough. I don't know much about him. Well, he's, he's a transfer um, from Indiana. I, I think, and I think he was a true freshman last year. Um, and he had a pretty decent year for, he had a really good year for a true freshman. Um, he's an edge, you know, outside linebacker, edge guy. Um, and so I, you know, I could see him kind of fulfilling that same kind of role. Ba- basically, I think what he, what I think he does is he takes over Ugwa Egbu's spot, who transferred to Houston. Ah, yeah. And I can't remember who transferred first, but I'm pretty sure McCullough transferred to Oklahoma first, and then Ugwa Egbu went to Houston. So that kind of tells you, like, you know, what you need to know about McCullough. Ugwa Egbu, who was pretty productive last year, 100-plus tackles, um, figured, well, hey, this new guy came in. He's he's the starter. Uh, I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah, and, this, and McCullough's tall, right? 6'5", 227, just a sophomore. So you, you're going to have this year and next year control over him if he was to leave early for the NFL. If not, you've got three years. So from uh, IDP on Debbie's side, that's appealing, right? Um, Absolutely. I know, I mean, you kind of – Yeah, he's got, yeah, got NFL size and potential. Yeah, we kind of talk about the NFL size and potential with a lot of these players because that's what we – you know, we're playing fancy, so we're kind of looking at that, but – like I said in the past, I kind of like players that have where I can have that control, if, even if they don't leave barely, right? Because that's yeah. only going to help your your daddy teams. Um, I just just the way I kind of look at things sometimes. It, it doesn't always go that way, but you know. <laughs> yep. And then I guess the the elephant in the room here, and I'm curious to your thoughts, is Rondell Boyce, right? He transfers. Seems like that's going to be the word of the day, Pee Wee Playhouse. Rest in peace, Pee Wee Herman. Um, but transfer, that's the word of the day, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the word of the year. I think it's going to be the word going forward because I think that's just what you're going to hear. Uh, but he moves over from Wake Forest. Um, I'm kind of shocked that he left that, right? Um, I mean, it's a bigger stage for him, right? Do something on, in, in, in the Big 12, I guess, at a bigger school. and. Yeah, I just don't know that his. I don't know it's going to help his draft stock. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, the NFL. Yeah, finds and I players, don't know that his you know numbers I mean? are going to be better either. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I can see that because um, there's a lot more talent at Oklahoma. I mean, he kind of had a down year last year. He only had the six sacks, but the year before he had um, sixteen and a half TFLs and eight sacks, uh, and that was kind of his breakout season, right? So, where I don't I don't know. I don't know. Do you know just, where he's from? I'm wondering is he from Texas and maybe or Oklahoma and or out there somewhere? And his thought was, hey, um, you know, maybe no, I'm he's not... actually from Connecticut, <laughs> well, Manchester, Connecticut, where he. <laughs> I was I was thinking maybe he thought well, maybe I'd get out there <laughs> and play in front of family for my last year, but then yeah, that goes out the window, right? I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. maybe it was an NIL thing. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, that, that's a good point. Knows? That's probably what it was. They probably threw some money his way. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, you're probably right. Which I'm sure the nail on the head. That's what it was. You know, I'm sure it helps Oklahoma, right? They they're getting a a solid pass rusher, which they kind of need, right? Um, I'm sure they probably throwed a little money at him and said, "Hey, you know, come out here. We'll we can use you. You can start right away." But to me, it just kind of seemed like a from a on the field standpoint, it kind of seemed like a lateral move to me because I I just don't know that his numbers will be better than last year, but I don't think they'll be like career best numbers. I I just don't think he's an elite prospect. Um, Speaking of elite prospects, Oklahoma State, and we have three here, Colin Oliver, Justin Wright, and Kendall Daniels. Colin Oliver is the He's the big guy. He's the big name. Right? He is. Uh, now, having said that, there, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, Fantrax moved him to linebacker. Um, so he doesn't have defensive lineman eligibility, which, in my opinion, from a pure CFF perspective, kills his value. You ain't playing – you're not playing him at linebacker. Um, and he's not really a linebacker. He's an ed- He's an edge is what he is. Um, but Oklahoma yeah. State has him as a linebacker. Um, on their roster, and fan tracks followed suit and list him as a linebacker too. So, um, Oliver at this point strictly an NFL play. I think you know he's not someone. I mean, yep. maybe maybe you use him on bye weeks or something, but he you shouldn't be counting on him to be are an every week starter. Sorry, are you concerned with the drop off in his production? Man, he, he went was- from he went from. Uh, 29 tackles and 11 and a half sacks in 21 to 28 tackles, which is still right there, but he only had the five sacks. But they had, I mean, they, they had a lot of defensive line talent at Oklahoma State last year, too, right? You know, we talked about that in the preview. Yeah. We talked about them last year that, you know, all these guys coming back, like, you know, what's it, what, what does it mean? And so, but I think this year, you know, they've lost some guys. Tyler, Tyler Lacey's gone to the NFL. Uh, Trace Ford transferred, I think, Oklahoma. Um, and so kind of opens things up, more things up for Oliver. So, I mean, I think I think he can get those sack numbers up maybe a little bit. But, you know, given how you – know, tackles is never going to be his game. And so because of that, you're never going to play – you're never going to play him at linebacker because, you know, he's getting 20 tackles a year. Where, most, where there's some linebackers getting 20 tackles a game, you know? Right. Um, speaking of linebackers, his teammate, Justin Wright, who I thought would be out of eligibility this year. Um, so the, the, the new defensive coordinator came over from Tulsa. Yeah. And so he followed the D coordinator. So, He's a transfer from Tulsa. And he probably slides into that spot that uh, Mason Cobb had last year. Mason Cobb transferred to USC. So you're looking for, you know, yeah. and around Justin Wright tackles. is a pretty good player. Um, yep, he had 101 last year, 82 the year before, and 63 the year before that. Um, has five, uh, four interceptions on his career. Um, pretty good player. Um, and I'm like you, I think he kind of fits into that role. Um, he's only got one year I of eligibility. Think he has, I think. Yeah, that's this year. He's 6'2", 244. I don't know that he has a lot of NFL Yeah, he might not be potential. athletic enough for the NFL. Yeah. So I think he's really, when we talk about him, this is 
basically, and I don't want to speak for you, but in my opinion, I think he's a college only player for now. Yeah. I mean, that's that's so how you, I would like a that's how I would approach player. drafting him or trying to acquire him is that he's a one year CFF only kind of guy. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then the next player is Kendall Daniels. They're uh, they're safety. Yeah, he's uh, I mean, he's a superstar. I think he's a he's a true sophomore. He kind of bust out bust out in the scene last year. Freshman All American, seventy one total tackles, five pass defenses, three interceptions, and a forced fumble. Um, if he's not rostered in your leagues, like there's 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 a problem. <laughs> and and Jason Taylor's going. Yeah, and right? Jason Taylor's Jason Taylor's with the Rams now, so that's just even more beneficial for Daniels. Yeah, and he's 6'4", 213, so, and being a sophomore, he's going to pack on a little bit more weight. I'd say he's probably going to be closer to the 220 mark, 225, somewhere in there, which is a little bit big for a safety. Uh, do you see him kind of being, again, I hate doing these comparisons, but do you kind of see him being J.L. Skinner-esque, you know, that big body safety that can kind of play down in the box and drop, or do you think he – just stays back in the secondary. Um, I mean, I think he, he he moves in that Jason Taylor role, which is kind of closer to the line of scrimmage. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, being a true sophomore, you've got plenty of control of him, right? So you've got at least two years, maybe three. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a big boy that can move, and just kind of watching him last year, he kind of reminded me of Skinner, right? And that's why I brought that up. You know, a big playmaker who can play down in the box, but he's athletic enough and talented enough he can cover, right? So I think that's the fine line. You don't want to get to where well, he's not really getting coverage. Let's just move him down all the time, or you know, he's not quite big enough to move down. Let's just keep him back at safety. So. I think that's kind of the trend, uh, a moving trend in the NFL is one is those players that can kind of play, like you said about uh, some of the guys earlier, a hybrid role, right? Can kind of play either or, kind of move around like a chess piece. Yep, exactly. Um, got a little, few more things here. Um, we're moving on to TCU, and I'm curious. You know, they had the huge run last year <laughs> before they run into the uh, the almighty buzzsaw that <laughs> chewed them up and spit them out. Um, that was – I ain't going to lie. That that was rough to watch last year. As a TCU fan, that was – I can only imagine how hard that was to swallow. But um, Mark Perry's one of their better players, right? Six foot, 215. He's a yep. senior. Um 84 tackles for him last year. So he was their second leading tackler. I mean, I think all three, all three yeah. of the guys we're going to talk about were their top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You know, and our next player is uh, Johnny Hodges, the linebacker. He was the leading tackler. And, you know, they lost D. Winters, too. So who was their fourth leading tackler? Who was right there, right there at 79. So, you know, their top four tackle, their top four players were all. From a CFF perspective, anyway, we're all pretty productive. Yep, uh, Hodges had uh, 
yeah, Hodges had 87 tackles last year as well, um, two sacks. Um, and I hope I say this name, name right, Jamoy Hodge. Jamoy Hodge, yeah. Yeah, so he's another one that I think can have a pretty decent year, 6'2", 245, uh, another senior. 82 tackles. So they had, you know, like you said, they had three or four players that were all kind of right there together. Um, he, Jamoy Hodge has a little bit more pass rush upside, uh, four and a half sacks last year. So, you know, if you're looking for a deciding factor and you can't decide, maybe that pushes it one way or another for you. Um, and then our last one is Josh Newton, the corner for, uh, for the Horn Frogs, I think that could be a little intriguing. Yeah. They lost some of their secondary. If I'm not yeah, they lost THT. So, yeah. So, big opportunity for him to uh, step up and fill in there. Um, up next to the Texas Longhorns, who are uh, on their way to the SEC. And a rude awakening, I believe, pretty soon. Um, <laughs> um, so we got three here. Jalen Ford, Anthony Hill are both linebackers, and then safety Jalen Catalan. Man. So Jalen Ford, Ford, man, that dude's – that yeah. dude's he, he's he's one of my favorite players for this year. Um, you know, he's going to give you the – he's going to give you the, uh, you know, college production and – uh, you know, I, I think his NFL potential is pretty high as well. He's 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 a ball player. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he he, he is a uh, absolute stud. Um, yeah. <laughs> if he's not owned in your in lease, my, uh, then, 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 there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, if if he's not owned in your leagues, you need to stop listening to us. Well, don't stop listening to us, but. Click on another screen and go pick him up right now. For the fight <laughs> yes, yes. Like Justin said, he like, is going to give you everything he's got. He's giving you the CFF. He's going to help you win a lot of games. And NFL, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I've got him in my uh, top ten of my IDP debut ranking. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, if he's available, you should be smashing him up. Um, his teammate. Um, Anthony Hill Jr. Yeah, I can't, I've been waiting to talk about him. So, <laughs> I, talk, I talked about him on the Future Freshman podcast as well uh, that I did like two Fridays ago. Um, he's a player that I'm avoiding. So, I don't watch a ton of film oh. on freshmen, um, but I watched film on him, and I, I watched more film on Anthony Hill than I watched of any other player in high school. And uh, I watched five complete games, um, and that included that was four high school games and the Texas spring game. And I, I was not I was not impressed at all. Um, he he just he 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 didn't he doesn't have it in my opinion. Um, how he was the number one linebacker in the nation is beyond beyond my comprehension because he did not his play on the field did not look like that to me. I will say this: If there's a positive, to get you know, the best I saw him was in that Texas spring game. Um, 
I don't yeah. think he. I don't think he's a true middle linebacker. I think he's a he's a you know outside linebacker, but he's not an edge outside linebacker. He's kind of a you know four three outside linebacker, um, in my opinion. Um, and so you know, and he's going super early in drafts. He's going super high in auctions, and I want nothing to do with him. I just that's how unimpressed I was when I when I saw him. I mean, there there were other uh, you know uh, Sunterine Perkins who played both ways, played both ways in high school. He was a running back and played linebacker. So, you know, the kid's worn out. But I was more, way more impressed with him than I, than, I, than, than I was with Anthony Hill, who only played defense. So that's my spill yeah. on Anthony Hill. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of sort of with you on that. I think right away one of the big things you said is, the cost that it's going to cost you to get him, right? What you're going to have to spend as far as draft capital or auction dollars to get him, I think he's a, he's a huge overpay, right? You're yeah. losing there. You can find better value. Uh, well, I think that's true with anybody that's price. highly ranked, but I think, I think with him it's even more so because I don't know that you're well, going to get the value out of him that that you that most highly ranked people get. You know, in my own opinion. Right. Plus, he's playing at well. He's listed at a premium position, right? Linebacker. So yeah. that automatically kind of drives his value up too, because a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, linebacker, high number, high tackle numbers," and it's kind of profiling or however you want to say it. But um, I had saw a comp um, that he was Demario Davis light, and I don't see that. I, I, Demario Davis is one hell of a player, and I'm kind of with you. I don't know that. Anthony Hill gets there. Um, the, 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 you know, the thing like know, I'm, the lasting impression that Anthony Hill left on me, I'm going to show you this because this is what he does all the time. <laughs> throws his hands up and shrugs his shoulder and throws his hands up. Like, you know, and, and that's kind of how I felt right. watching him. I'm kind of like shrugging my shoulders. Like what, you know, what the heck, <laughs> which is what he, he did. He does that a lot. And that's, that's how I felt watching him. I was like, what the heck? Like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, not somebody that I'm really looking at acquiring or putting on my rosters. I just think there's – I'm with you, I guess. I, th- I think, you know, there's a lot better players that I can get at a much better value uh, that can help my teams more. So, um, I'm not saying that he's not a good player. I, I'm with you. I just don't see it either. Um, to be the number one overall linebacker – in that class, according to 247, um, and they had him as the 17th ranked player overall. So, I mean, 6'3", 234, there's a lot to like, right? But I think yeah. we're going to have to see did not impress me at all. a huge improvement out of him. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to see something out of him to uh, to back those, those rankings up before I, I really get excited about him. Um, Jalen Cantalone. I mean, he's. He, I love the guy. I love the talent, he, man. But he just can't stay healthy. I know, right? I mean, he's so good. I think from a talent standpoint, he's awesome, right? Um, yeah. Transferred from Arkansas. Um. But I'm I'm with you. He just whew. he had that he had that phenomenal true yeah, freshman he, year, and then the last two years he just can't you know can't stay on the field. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. His his um, 2021 season, 99 tackles, um, seven pass deflections, three interceptions, one for a touchdown, two forced fumbles, two TFLs. I mean, that was that's his peak right there. I mean, I I felt like, man, if you can get this from this kid every game or every year, you're on to something. And then, like you said, he played a total of seven games the past two seasons, and he only played one last year. So, um, do you think he comes out? Even I mean, if he has a good season, do you think he comes out? And I'm I'm looking because he only played four games as a freshman, ten in the COVID year, six the year after, and then one last year. So I'm sure he's got some medical red shirt left. He's probably got the COVID year left. Do you think he stays and tries to rehab some value? Do you think if he has a good season, he just says, I'm out and goes on to the NFL? Uh, I think if he has a good season, he, he says I'm out and goes to the NFL. <laughs> but he's got you know, yeah, exactly. He's got to stay on the field, number one. But see, and that's kind of weird because I always think of it like this too. Like, man, I've been hurt the last two years. It's been three years since I was healthy and had a good season. If you come out and have a good year this year, a part of me wants to say, man, all right, I'm back. I'm healthy now. Now let's, I've got another year. Let me go kind of pull a Jared Burch, right? Let me go back and have a dominant year and really. But I guess that's the risk reward, right? The injury. Yeah. Versus having a good season, I guess. I just feel like it helps some players to go back. <laughs> I don't know that it's helping Jared Burst, but <laughs> right, yeah. I just feel like players like Canelon that's kind of got that injury history. Eh, you, you know, I just kind of feel maybe like it's in their best interest a little bit to go back. I mean, because even if you do have a good year and you leave. What's going to happen when you hit the NFL draft process, right? These teams are going to poke, prod, rake you over the coals about your injury. So, uh, just a weird take. Um, Texas Tech safety, C.J. Baskerville. He's a transfer from uh, San Diego State. Um, had 75 tackles over his two years there. Um 43 of them solos, seven pass defenses, an interception, a fumble recovery. Um, I think he, he he's kind of like a, I think I feel like he kind of played like a hybrid role at San Diego State. Um, so maybe he's going to kind of do something similar. Um, he, he's not a big dude, he's only 215, but maybe he's going to kind of play a, a linebacker slash defensive back role for Texas Tech, and that, that could potentially be of some interest. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Um, two more teams here. We're going on to or moving on to USC or USC UCF Knight. Sorry, and we have Jason Johnson, linebacker; Ricky Barber, defensive tackle; and Josh Selaskar, or however you say it, defensive end. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and we don't have them on the list, but another defensive end to mention too would be Tremont Morris Brash. I mean, we'll talk about those two guys, I guess, first. Both both him, both them, Selaskar and Brash are kind of very similar players. They both actually had 53 tackles last season. Uh, Selaskar had three sacks and 
Tremont Morris Brash had six sacks. Um, good production from a defensive end, right? With those with those tackle numbers, um, and then you, you take the sacks where you can get them. Um, and it, you know, it wouldn't shock me or surprise me that if uh, either of them gets drafted, you know, Selicar is six four two sixty five, Brash is six two two forty five. So. Um, I think you, you kind of take those two guys for for their uh, college production and then hope that they get some good draft capital possibly. Yep. Um, I agree with you on that. Uh, Jason Ricky Johnson's Barber. a stud. Well, uh, Barber, you're staying on the defensive line. He's a defensive tackle, right? Um, I want to say he transferred yeah. at some point from somewhere. Maybe Lib- was it Liberty or – could be wrong. Um, but anyway, he's a D tackle. Real quick. 6'3, 295. He had uh, 48 tackles, three sacks last season. That, that's great from a, for a defensive tackle. So if you're in a defensive tackle required league, definitely uh, someone to, to look at. He transferred from Western Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. Which he was pretty productive for them. Um, that 2020 season for them, he had 51 tackles, four sacks, and 27 hurries. So um, he definitely get has the talent to get in the backfield and get some pressures, right? So with the keys, you got to turn those pressures into actual sacks. Uh, yep. And maybe at UCF, you know, with uh, Malzahn there, maybe that he can get a little bit more out of him, right? Yeah. I think Jason Johnson is the star and of the defense. Jason Johnson. 129 <laughs> yeah. total tackles. Um, again, I don't, I don't really know about any particular NFL potential for him. He's kind of on the smaller side, 6'2", 224. But from a college production standpoint, like he's got to be rostered. Yeah, and you, you might get lucky and find him on waivers if he is. Go get him, pick him up. Definitely worth uh, adding to your team. And he had some pretty big games for them last year. He had one, two, three, four, five, six. So he had six games of 10 or more tackles last year. Um, had 15 against East Carolina, 12 against Memphis, um, just 12 against Louisville. So, and then he had a host of other games where he had eight or more. So he went a stretch from week two to week like 10 or 11 here and he had eight or more tackles every week except one and that was against Cincinnati where he only had six but yeah he's a high volume getter for tackles and that's his second year in a row uh, with 100 tackles 100 or more tackles he had 110 and 21 with Eastern Illinois so um, and now we are to our final team West Virginia, the Mountaineers. And we have one player, Aubrey Burks, the safety. Yep, safety. He was their second leading tackler last year, 66 tackles, one sack, uh, two pass defenses, interception, and one forced fumble. Um, you know, he's kind of an all-conference type player. Uh, you know, probably more of a watch list for CFF purposes. Um 
Yep. There is there is one other player I want to mention. We didn't put him on the list, and I don't know anything much much about him other than his stats. And that I have seen a little bit of buzz from you know like Phil Steele and some others, and that's Sean Martin, a defensive lineman. Last year he had 34 total tackles, four sacks. Um, you know he's he's being talked about as an all conference type player, so. He's someone else to kind of look at on that West Virginia roster. They did lose Dante Stills last year who got drafted. Um, so the, the, he had 26 tackles and four and a half sacks. So maybe uh, Sean Martin can pick up some of that slack from Stills' departure. Yeah, and I feel like West Virginia is going to be bad, a bad team this year. Yeah. <laughs> so – some of these – Well, at least from a – I mean, I don't know. When I say – when I and now, like – Usually when we talk about bad, we're talking about like the offense is bad and the defense is on the field a lot. I don't know that their offense is going to be that bad. Um, but when I, when I think they're going to be a bad team, I'm thinking of more for them in terms of wins and losses, they're going to be a bad team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, they've definitely got some talent. I just don't think it's all together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think from what they're being used to, like you said, the last few years, I think they're going to be down a little bit. And, and I agree. When you say bad, they're not Vanderbilt bad, right? Um, right. Or, exactly. or teams like that. They, standpoint, so. Yep. But, yeah, that um, – unless you have any other names that we didn't have on the list, that does it for our um, – No, but I think that's it. For our Big 12 preview. Um yeah, one last reminder. If Jalen Ford's out there, go now. <laughs> go get him. And avoid yeah. Anthony Hill. Avoid Anthony <laughs> Hill. <do> <laughs> At yeah, cost. You can, can thank us later. Just do it. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, whew, well, we're, we're a week and a half away, man. I'm, I'm and we got, four, I'm we, got, of, we got four more shows we got to do before the season starts, so. To finish up the conference. Yeah, we'll previews. try to work them in. Um, or three more, I guess. We will figure out. Three more. We have three more after this one. So. Yeah, because next week, we our, our next episode is going to be the Pac-12, which that should be quick. There's only four teams. <laughs> well, not this year, but. And then and then I have for the, for the, for the last right, two. For the last two, I have us doing uh, kind of mixing the, the, the independence and then doing like two or three of the G5 schools. Yeah, they're, just, they're just not going to be a lot of G5 guys. So so I don't know if you've looked at the schedule um, closely coming up. So August 26th, right? Uh, 11 days from now, that's how close we're. That's when the first games uh, uh, kick off here. Um is there anything early that you – I know some of these early games, a lot of times it's your powerhouses are playing cupcakes and trying to get ready for the season, right? But is there any team or games that you're wanting to watch? I know the – Hawaii, I mean, I want, I want – not for defensive purposes, but I want to watch the Hawaii game to see how the Hawaii offense looks any better than they did last year. But um, – Well – Boy, they, they couldn't have got a better draw than Vanderbilt to look better against. So, <laughs> well, they looked. I mean, their offense and their offensive line looked pretty, pretty bad. And they made and they made Mike Wright look like a superstar, didn't they? And and so many people went and picked that kid up. <laughs> yeah. And then like 
he had maybe one or one or two other <laughs> games, one other game, and then he, that was it, right? He's he's he, he's done and transferred to Mississippi State. Right. Um, you know, Notre Dame kind of kicks it off in Dublin uh, against Navy. Uh, they should handle them pretty good. Uh, you've got USC be against to see how San Jose Hartman State for them. later that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that he transferred there from uh, from Wake Forest. They lost a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of their better players: Hartman, Boythroyd. Uh, it seems like they lost a linebacker. I think too. Oh, Smendo's yeah, so, gone. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, August thirty first, which is that following Thursday, Utah number fourteen, Utah. Um, is at home against Florida. I think that'll be an interesting game. Um, I think that kicks for Utah if they can win that game. I think that kicks off the start of their conference championship run. Right? I mean, if they lose that game, that kind of puts them behind the eight ball real quick. Um, yeah. I know Florida. I don't know how close you've been following recruiting, but their next year's class is. Uh, Napier's doing a good job with recruiting so far. So if he can coach them up with the talent he's getting, theoretically, you're going to hear Florida's back, right? But what I watched of them last year, now I know that was his first year in the, or second year, whatever it was, and he's still trying to get his guys and system in place. But, man, whew, Florida was tough to watch at times. They were just ugh. So I would expect a big jump. From them this year, if we don't see it right away, then it could be another long season for Florida. Yep, for sure. And then, of course, we, uh, you know, by this time, the season's really kicked off uh, right at Labor Day, right? That's the official, I think, kickoff. You've, you've got some games before then, but that Labor Day weekend, that's, yeah. that's when you start to see – uh, you know, Tennessee's got Virginia, Michigan, Oklahoma, Iowa. Uh, all the big boys are playing. So um, I'm not seeing any really key matchups. TCU, Colorado could be intriguing, maybe. I mean, the, week two, the Alabama Texas um, game. I'm looking forward to that. But that's not so week two. Yeah. I hate to say it as a Tennessee fan, but I hope Alabama absolutely just – I hope they have to build a new scoreboard for as many points as they put on. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, 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 I think Texas, triple Texas – I want to see Texas win, but that's just me. Texas should have won the game last year, so. And it's, oh, yeah. Yours is the starter, right, down there? Yep, yep. Yeah, and they still have the worthy kid at receiver, correct? Yep, and John Tate Cook and Adonai Mitchell. You like him? I know we're I know J- we're defensive JT minded. Sanders. Do you like worthy as a? Do you like worthy as a pro prospect? I mean, he's kind of an explosive playmaker. Right? I think I think Worthy's problem is the drops, right? He has lots of drops, and supposedly last year he had a right. broken hand, so. Um, We'll see how he plays this and year. He's a little flat as far as build goes, too. He he need he need he needs to kind of cure those drops, I think, to 
to get the draft capital that people yeah. expect, in my opinion. But yeah, I think so too. Um, so yeah, I was just curious to what you thought. Yeah, I think that Texas Bama game is really going to be. That's really that may be the tone setter for the season, right? Um, yep. First kind of big game like that. I think the Utah Florida game could be interesting. Honestly, I think Utah runs runs Florida right on out of the stadium. Um, well, the, pro- the, pro- the problem is they're, 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 they're not like they, they're probably not going to have Cam Rising, so um, it's, that game's going to be interesting. I think their their second string quarterback got hurt too, so yeah. It, it quarterback oh, trouble, I did not know that. Quarterback trouble for Utah, so. Ooh. So, yeah, maybe that is a closer game than I thought then. I did not know that Rising was at, in risk of uh, not playing, but uh be interesting to see. Um, anyway, I just kind of wanted to see what your thought was as the season draws close here. Um we thank everybody for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, I spoke last time about how our viewer increase has um, started to pick up quite a bit now. Um, I was looking uh, the other day at our uh, at our Twitter page. And we are now closing in. We picked up quite a bit. We're closing in on 400 uh, followers now. So thank you. Our YouTube page, which you can uh, rate, review, and subscribe over there, uh, is growing. Uh, Justice did a good job getting that set up for us so we can stream live. Um, you can follow us at DaveyIDP Grind. Um, give us a follow there. And then wherever you listen to podcasts, right? If you don't watch the YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, um, Podbean, wherever. Go over there. Give us a like, five-star rating. Uh, you can go over to IDP Nation right, and leave a review there. There's a whole review tab, so you can write us out something nice there. Um, tell us how good justice is and how bad I suck at this and, and all that good stuff. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the follows. Um, we thank you for listening. Um, we will be back next week with Pac-12, um, or next episode will be the Pac-12. I'm not sure exactly when we'll, we'll get it done, but we'll days. try to get all these. We, we got a couple of them we got to knock down here. So. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe this weekend, if Justice, you're free, maybe we can yep. pick a little time frame and just hammer a couple of them out real quick. Um, but with that, um, if you've got any questions or trades or – you know, if you're holding drafts and you, and you need some advice, feel free to, to reach out to us. We're always glad to help. Um, I think that's the, the fun part of this, right, is getting to help people with their rosters and talk about some of this stuff. So, um, yep. check us out. Uh, check out our Patreon. we got a lot of Davy stuff over there. I'm still trying to poke and prod Justice to write more for me. Maybe one of these days he'll just break down and say, screw it. I'll do it if you'll shut up. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he he does good work. And um, segue, what are you working on? Because I know you do some stuff for Campus Canton. And- <laughs> well, what I'm working on right now is more for leagues. Is trying to rebuild my uh, IDP. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the score, the score, of the IDP for yeah. our leagues. 
um that's kind of taking all my free time yeah, right yeah. now so <laughs> yeah i don't i don't uh i don't envy you on that because i know how much work you do, like we were talking off air, i know how much work you put yeah. into that and, and effort and that's not easy so to kind of lose some of that data and stuff and have to redo it is uh it's not fun, but hopefully you can, uh, but, you know, the, 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 I should be able to do it faster and I'm a lot smarter now about building things. So I should be able to make it more efficient. So all, it's all positive things. Just, awesome. you know, trying to do it under the gun, right. of getting, getting it done before, before week one. So. Yeah. Just a little under pressure. So, yeah. Um, but I believe in you, you can do it. So, <laughs> Go over and check well, that out. Yeah, I don't question whether I can do it. My my, the only concern I have is time frame, right? Um, I basically got the rest of this week and next week because the following week, eh. the week between week zero you got and week 11 one, days, I'm, I'm, man, you got plenty of time. Well, that, that's before <laughs> that's before week zero, but uh, it, you know, which we don't score anyway, so that, that's not that doesn't really matter. But essentially, you're right. I have eleven right. days because that next week I, I'm gone out of town and won't be able to work on it. So, you know, I really need to try and. Get it done, ooh, ooh, yeah. or get so, get yeah. it pretty close. So, you you're know, definitely I, under the gun. I need to get it pretty close so I don't have to do so much in between week zero and week one. Yep. And well, good luck to you. Um, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow him at justice underscore two three one eight. You can follow me at Hollywood Titan, and you can follow us at WIDP Grind. Please subscribe, rate, and review once again. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. Uh, spread the word. Help us grow a little bit. And we'll be back with our next episode here in a few days. And with that, we are 